Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Montana's only daily sports talk show, Nuanez Now. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. I like football! Yo, 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 what's up, Montana? Welcome in. Happy to have you here with us on 102.9 ESPN Radio. It's Nuanez now. Andrew Houghton sitting in for Coulter Nuanez just for the first segment today. I know everybody's on, on high alert, but Coulter will be back in the studio uh, for the back half of this hour as well as the second hour. Today on Nuanez now, plenty of stuff we got to get to. Basketball games last night, Montana, the men beating Weber State at home, continuing their run, as well as the Lady Grizz getting back on the right track by blowing out the Weber State women in Ogden. Well, we're going to start off today's show with the business angle. Coulter and University of Montana business professor Justin Angle recorded about 25 minutes. And as always, plenty to, to cover on the intersection of money and sports. The death of Sports Illustrated. The NFL playoffs, a little wrestling news, pro wrestling and Netflix getting into bed together. So that'll be segment one here coming up in just a few minutes. We're also kicking off our Class AA spotlight, everything about the Class AA tournaments, uh, which will be here in Missoula for the first time in over a decade. That'll come to you in segment two. Missoula Sentinel. Boys basketball coach Tyler Hobbs interviewed with Coulter Nuanez coming up for you in segment two. Segment three, Treasure State Stars. Segment four, we're going to continue a conversation that Coulter and I have had uh, after football season. Just looking at now that uh, the transfer portal settled down a little bit, 
Grizz recently announced eight commitments coming in through the transfer portal after their season ended. Just looking looking at uh, what those rosters look like for the Grizz and the Bobcats. That will kick off segment four. We'll probably do a little bit of basketball talk for you there to kick off the second hour as well. And then segment five, we'll go full basketball. Talk to Travis DeCure after the Grizz men's win over Weber State last night. Big win over the preseason conference favorite. Also caught up with our Grizz star of the week, Brandon Whitney. Uh, Grisgard, who's been on a really good run the last couple weeks for Montana. That's your show outlook. Nuana is now 102.9 ESPN Radio, as well as SWX Montana and the ESPN MT app. We'll also have some Tagliari for you. It's a Tag Tuesday every Tuesday here on Nuana is now. We'll give you the chance to win a $25 gift card from Tagliari Deli. That'll come up for you at the end of that first hour. So uh, keep this number handy, 406-888-1029. If you want to join the conversation, you can always call or text us via the Rangich Brothers RV phone line, and you're going to want to keep that number handy for your chance to win Tagliari Deli. One more before we get to the business angle here. Just wanted to let everybody know about Epic Monday at Lost Trail Ski Area every Monday through January and February. Half-price lift tickets. Make your Monday an epic Monday at Lost Trail. Go for the snow. Remember, you can tune in to our sister station, the Trail 103.3, every Wednesday, including tomorrow, for your chance to win free epic Monday lift tickets. So keep it locked to the Trail 103.3. Without further ado, here's Colton Juanez, Justin Angle, talking business and sports. Bustling down on campus. I haven't been down on campus when school's actually in session in quite some time. Usually we do our campus check-ins here for the business angle here at Studio 49 when school is uh, not in session or it's spring break, but you're back in the classroom. And uh, man, I mean, it's the business school, so I saw half the Grizz football team. That's kind of how it usually goes on my way up the stairs, but uh, cool to be around the kids. I haven't been around like the bustle of of campus in a while. Yeah, it's nice to see the place come back to life. You know, I like campus when it's quiet like in the summer or over winter break, but I also love it when it's uh, at the beginning of the semester in particular when students are excited about their new classes and, you know, the sort of cynicism hasn't quite set in. Yeah, so it's good. It's a good time to be on campus. Justin Angle here on Nuana is now coming to you from the Gallagher Business Building here on the University of Montana campus. We're in his cool podcast studio, which is made uh, possible in part by Blackfoot Communications. I got to tell you, I listened to, uh, I guess it's not quite the latest one, but mm-hmm. your, your uh, New Angle podcast with... Uh, John Adams from the right. Montana Free Press loved it. Great conversation. If anybody that has any sort of interest in journalism and sort of knowing how it all works. First of all, he's just a fascinating guy. Yes. Uh, but I thought you did a great job at the interview. And I think that what the work he is doing is uh, incredibly important. Yeah, I think so. And, and and for listeners that aren't familiar with Montana Free Press, it is a nonprofit source of Montana journalism. And there is, you know, as have local media institutions sort of gone out of business or been consolidated into bigger corporate entities. There has been a rise of nonprofit journalism in small markets, Montana Free Press being one of them, the Daily Montanan being another. And John makes the case that this is a scalable model for a a new type. Well, not necessarily a new type of journalism, but but to make um, local news journalism a sustainable operation. I thought his point that was so that resonated so much with me is not only I I, I, he and I have have spoken many times Mm -hmm. because we have 
similar background, similar desires for what we want the sort of the new age of journalism to look like. Uh, stay tuned on that, actually, because we are potentially working on some collaboration with the Montana Free Press. We actually cool. covered the national championship game uh, on on behalf of Skyline Sports, but also we shared some content with them because I just thought, you know, I mean, it's a huge deal, and they don't have any sports people at this moment, yeah. so we're working on that. But I thought one thing that John said was we, we've gotten to this point now where there are some there are some ability to get news, but the, the biggest challenge has been then to make it affordable to people. Like, he wants people to know yeah, certain things like sports, okay, you want to pay your $10 subscription or $5 subscription or whatever it might be, but you need certain things for community sustainability to be affordable, if not free, Yeah, to have a great community. And I thought that was a great point by him. It's not just about making it a sustainable enterprise from a business standpoint. It's about making it a sustainable craft to present to the people. Yeah, there's a value to a citizenry of having access to that local information. And, you know, he says this on the show that free is a business model. You know, I think you can poke holes at that. I think there's been, you know, journalism has not had a good track record of, you know, sustainability in the internet age. The decision to make content free online has been a problem in many ways. But, uh, in the case of Montana Free Press and a few others, they're figuring out ways to do it that appears to be sustainable and aligned with high-quality journalism, too. That's a New Angle podcast. You can find it on all your various podcast hosting platforms. A pretty simple when it comes to the format of it. I mean, they just want to Justin and his team just want to highlight cool people or in and around Montana doing cool things. So uh, the John Adams episode certainly one that resonated with me, but all of them are, are very good. So go and uh, subscribe on all your various podcast hosting platforms. That podcast, as well as this podcast slash segment here on Nuanas Doubt, probably presented by Blackfoot Communications to see how Blackfoot can help you and your small business. Visit Blackfoot, goblackfoot.com. Uh, speaking of... <laughs> I, I, I only laugh because I'm so sad. Speaking of entities that were pillars in the world of journalism, yeah. particularly in the world of sports writing, I mean, there, I'm sure there are many uh, men of my age that are sports writers now that when they were little kids, they said, Mom, I want to grow up someday and work for Sports Illustrated. My mom gave me a box of some of my stuff from elementary school, and there was like a letter I wrote to myself from fifth grade that said, yeah, someday I'll be a writer for Sports Illustrated. The, the goal was never achieved, and now it seems like it's not going to be achieved because Sports Illustrated is basically saying, we're going to be written by AI until we go out of business. And wow. uh, there's a lot of different factors that go into this, but what did you think of this? I mean, this is a this is a monolith. I mean, this is, this is a titan in the sports sports uh, industry, and uh, as of, I guess, last week, it's going to look a lot different if not completely go away. Yeah, and I got to say, like, yes, you have a personal connection as a sports journalist. I have a personal connection in that my uncle was the publisher wow. of Sports Illustrated. Amazing. Long ago, he, you know, moved up the ranks of uh, Sports Illustrated in the publishing industry, moved over to be the executive publisher of Life magazine, wow. and then moved up into Time, Lifetime Warner when they merged. So that was his career path. And I remember as a child, I would get... Uh, you know, the, the whatever the subscri- subscriber gifts to Sports Illustrated, yeah. we got those as Christmas gifts from nice. my uncle. Like the football film <laughs> was one that I remember. So, he, yeah, I mean, it is, it's it's a loss worth lamenting, but I think the story is one of, you know, a company that just did not innovate its product yeah. to align with the demands of the consumer. In many ways, the, the changes to the product, I think, you know, they, so did not have a robust web presence, did not have Mm -hmm. quality video content, Mm -hmm. did not have a robust podcasting platform, did Mm -hmm. not give their 
amazing stable of writers opportunities to engage with their audience in innovative ways. And so those writers missed the chance to cultivate their market and share their product in innovative ways. And also a lot of the quality writers jumped to platforms that could do that. Along those lines, I, I, I think it must be said that Sports Illustrated kind of was caught up in some of the cultural zeitgeist as well that right. has um, captured is maybe a strong word, but a lot of the media industry in general, print magazines in general, ha- has traditionally been left-leaning, but I think the, the latest kind of rise of you know social justice as a really important priority for these institutions Maybe it has worked for news gathering organizations uh, and politically oriented journalism. I don't think it works in a sports market, right? I don't think that's what sports fans want. And, you know, when you start taking something... Sports fans generally want sports. Yeah, (laughs) and, you know, let's just look at the swimsuit issue. So this is shaky ground for me to comment on. It is. Swimsuit issue is a thing, and it is what it is. And we can talk about the the sort of merits of that as a product and and who it caters to. And and I'm going to set that aside. But the people that want the swimsuit issue, that look forward to the swimsuit issue, they do not want Martha Stewart on the cover of the swimsuit issue. That's right. Now, you can say whatever you want about the decision to put her and other folks like her on the cover or whatever, but that's just not what the customer wants, right? And those customers go away. And if you don't have customers, you don't have a magazine. And you don't have customers, you don't have advertisers that want to uh, put their ads on your platform. It's just... You know, it's a, it was a product that didn't, just didn't read the room and uh, understand its market. I think that there's there's an element there. I think that there's... I've thought about this extensively. I think there's a lot of different elements that go in. I think everything you just said is completely uh, on point in terms of not being able to evolve with the modern way of media presentation and the, part, the point about the writers not necessarily engaging with their audience. But forever and ever... Writers at Sports Illustrated's name recognition was all they needed, right? Oh, S- yeah. S.L. Price, Gary Smith. Rick you Riley. You might not even, guys. but Rick Riley was the only one who knew what it looked like because he had the little picture on the back mm-hmm. page. I didn't even know what Gary Smith looked like until he had been retired for years. But that was sort of the allure. That That's completely changed, and they just weren't ready for that change. I also think that, for better or worse, I think it's worse. We as a society just don't have the the patience and the dedication to be consumed by long form journalism. There are there's a huge audience for it. I shouldn't say that. There's a niche audience for it. It has gone down significantly because people want five minute scrolls on their phone. They don't want to sit. The, the vast majority of people, I should say, don't want to sit and read a twenty minute story. They want a five minute story. So I think there's part of it there too. And then I also think there's a just the gravitation away from print advertising. I mean, I think that the big corporate people just aren't necessarily putting as much of their budget into print ads as they were in the you know 70s, 80s, and 90s. Yeah, I, I think that's the factor I would give most credence to. I mean, I, yeah, there has been there are there are changes in in consumer preferences, but you look at the rise of you know platforms like Substack. Like that's a place where long form journalism is thriving, and it's a subscriber based model. People are subscribing directly to individual journalists, and that's another factor that played against uh, SI in general. You know, top flight journalists taking it straight to the consumer, um, whether it's long form or short form, they're able to go to that market directly. Yeah, if you're an advertiser, why would you put your dollars in in Sports Illustrated? When 
when you can get a stronger rate of return, better targeting through so many different uh, outlets right now. Business Angle, Justin Angle here on Nuana is now coming to you from Studio 49 down here uh, at the Gallagher Business Building on the UM campus. Last thought on Sports Illustrated, then we'll get to some other stuff. From a marketing standpoint, I think that being on the Sports Illustrated cover was once upon a time like the initial launch, like the delivery oh, yeah. point and or the reaffirmation, right? The first time was when you became a star. You know, the, the fifth time is when you became this complete, you know, titan in, in your sports world. And then if you became like Muhammad Ali or Michael Jordan or Tiger Woods, who are on 50 plus times now, you know, you're the GOAT of Sports Illustrated covers. But it used to be that was like this windfall moment for, for athletes. Is there a, a parallel to that? I mean, what has replaced that this day and age? Is there one? I don't really know if there's something comparable to it, right? Yeah, I, I mean, the thing that comes to mind is like hosting Saturday Night Live. Sure, right. right. If, it if, used to be like that for like for superstars to be on Johnny Carson, for sure. like TV stars, or, or on SNL, right, you're saying SNL, you host SNL or you perform live as a band. That was like the delivery point for your stardom. Yeah, and I think even those platforms sort of have... Um, less reach than they used to. Totally. And and I think too, like with, with hosting Saturday Night Live, like there's a product that you know, not only is there the live broadcast on Saturday night, then it gets repurposed through social and through other other video platforms. And so it, it has, you know, that piece of cultural relevance, that watershed moment for, uh, you know, a performer um, can have an enduring effect outside of just that moment. Whereas a magazine cover, yeah, it can sit on a coffee table for a long time. And, you, you know, if you're a Michael Jordan fan, you can collect the Michael Jordan covers. But... Um, it's sort of enduring ability to sort of capture people outside of that week is a little less, I think. It, it got like a life of its own. I mean, I remember yeah. Bill Knowles, the late Bill Knowles, who, who passed away last year. He was a pro- journalism professor, media. He taught media arts or uh, an intro to journalism, journalism 101. It was a fun class because a lot of kids would take it, even if they weren't going into journalism. It was like the whole history of media, basically. But uh we had to write papers for it, and I wrote my paper freshman year on the Sports Illustrated cover jinx. Mm. Was it real? Was it not? Yeah. All the different examples of of how it all played out. But that, I mean, that was that, that showed you just the the clout uh, of it all. Pivoting to the NFL, a couple questions for you about the uh, the saga that continues. The Kansas City Chiefs just can't lose now that we're into de- uh, December and January. They were. They were completely up a creek about a month and a half ago, and now they're just awesome because that's just how it goes with the Chiefs. Mahomes is special. He's annoying, but he's special. But regardless, Taylor Swift remains on television as well. You know, the the conspiracy theorists want to say that the NFL scriptwriters are making sure that this mm. happens. I don't know if I go as far as that, but I will say the NFL is probably very pleased that Taylor Swift remains a part of their uh, Sunday viewing package. Yeah, it seems more compelling than, <laughs> than the Bills. Right. You know, and Bills are sort of, they, they played the role of the heartbreak kids yet again. Oh, so man. that fits into that narrative as well. Yeah, it's, uh, it's striking. Wide right uh, is going to haunt Bills fans of a certain age for, for years and years and years. I wanted to ask you, though, the, a couple weeks ago that during Kansas City's wildcard playoff game, they put it exclusively on yeah. the Peacock app. This was a brand new thing, streaming on an app that's a subscription service. I was like, man, I wonder how that's going to do for the ratings. I wonder if it kills ratings. How many people are willing to pay? It's only, I think, five bucks, six bucks. But is that going to hurt it? Well, it didn't at all. 23 million people got the app and then subscribed to uh, the Peacock for that, at least that one night. So Yeah, there's there's a, there's a bunch of different ways to look at this. It's hard to argue against it being an unmitigated success. Right. right? 23 million uh, viewers 
on a platform that prior to that had about 30 million subscribers, right? So, so that's a huge sort of conversion huge. of your subscribers to viewers. Cost six bucks a month to subscribe to Peacock. So one, that creates an incentive towards streaming, right? If you can have Indeed. this sort of this sort of success, it will be copied, right? People will put games behind paywalls and are we gonna talk, is it, is it going to become pay-per-view or is it going to become something else? And then we gotta look at the dynamics of the product, right? Like it's not, a, it, the NFL is not an inventory sport, mm-hmm. right? It's not like baseball or basketball that just has so many games. Sure. So a playoff game is not a unique thing, but it is somewhat singular in in terms of having singular demand. So question to me is NBC paid $110 million for the rights to that game. If they, you know, just say roughly, like if, if they generated 20 million new subscribers out of that, it's six bucks a month. They're going to have to hold on to those subscribers mm-hmm. for, for some number of months, some large number of months to sort of make up for mm-hmm. that that $110 million that they charged, that they paid up front. So, yes, streamers make money with a subscription model. Like Their model is not dissimilar to gyms. They make money when they have members that don't use the product. Right, right, right. But if we're creating this world where you're forced to subscribe to a different network and these networks or these different, you know, you're forced to subscribe to a streamer and these streamers don't have much ability to capture you, are we just going to become so transient? So it's a better model to just go back to like pay-per-view. So you have, uh, you know, a higher upfront free, but it's just a one day thing. So it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. It's certainly a, a admirable experiment because I mean, I think, on the surface, at least, it appears like it works. We'll see if this is the future. We'll see if it's replicable. Uh, I think it's TBD at this point. Yeah, and, and a recurring theme uh, you know, that, that you often bring up is, like, can the NFL lose? And here's an example. Like, in a streaming world, uh, I think the NFL accrues even more power, um, particularly if it goes toward paying per event. Right, a subscription world might work better for a um, an inventory sport like a like a basketball or, or baseball, but um, if you are sort of exploiting you know these one time events by putting them behind a paywall and forcing people to subscribe to your streamer or pay for access to your streamer for a day, you know that that power accrues to the NFL in that model. Business angle with Justin Angle presented by Blackfoot Communications. Listen to Nuana's now here uh, on ESPN Radio. You and I are both on the same page here. The, the NFL is in the midst of an antitrust lawsuit all about NFL Sunday ticket, and we don't really know what the, what the ground to stand on is, right? Basically, people are the, the plaintiffs are trying to gather people that are saying that it, there's an antitrust violation by the NFL making you buy the entire NFL Sunday ticket rather than just being able to buy the Chargers or the Seahawks or the Vikings or the Packers. I don't know what to make of this other than it's just uh, just an, another sign of just how broad and powerful the NFL has become. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's hard to see what the actual harm in <laughs> right. this claim is in, in, in a way that's new. Right, right. Like right. the NFL's before streaming existed used to blackout games all the time. Totally. Like if, if they didn't sell enough tickets to a home stadium, the, you couldn't broadcast the game in that local media market. Mm-hmm. You know, that seems anti-competitive in the same way that this is anti-competitive. And so it's hard to really, you know, with that, 
I haven't been able to wrap my head around like what exactly are the plaintiffs calling for and what is the harm and, and what is the remedy they're looking for? Are they looking for a world where you can buy single games? And if that's the world we're looking for, like is the NFL going to move toward you know that pay-per-view model like boxing that we talked about a few moments ago? They want to sell subscriptions. They want to lock people in for a predictable amount of revenue over a long period of time. But I think like this this Peacock story that we just talked about is is linked to this anti law antitrust lawsuit not not directly but in sort of a conceptual way. It'll be interesting to see where our you know how our viewing consumption is structured as as this technology sort of uh, moves forward. It's amazing how many. Uh different common themes we've had in the couple yeah. years that we've been doing this, but they keep on carrying on. I do say, I do think that uh, our our predictions of what's coming have been very, very good. And the latest one is that Netflix is paying $5 billion, that's right, billion with a B, for the streaming rights for Monday Night Raw. I used to be the biggest professional wrestling fan in the whole world. That was when I was a child, and then I grew up. I don't know like what the selling point is to have such a broad audience still, but they do. Mm-hmm. And uh, still, though, that number seems staggering to me. More than anything, though, I thought Darren Ravel, who's a great uh, financial journalist, speaking of Sports Illustrated, he used to work for Sports Illustrated. Mm-hmm. Now he's sort of just an independent guy that analyzes, like we do, the overlay between business and sports. And he said the bigger story here is that, it, not that Netflix acquired Monday Night Raw, it's that... These streaming platforms have this sort of capital to go out and bid for uh, streaming rights. And I, you wonder if that's something that the, they get into the market for for the NBA, the NFL, uh, Major League Baseball, some of the, you know, maybe not professional wrestling-like, but even bigger uh, professional sports. Yeah, I, I think we need to interrogate that a little bit. Like, yes, Apple and Amazon have the capital to acquire rights to to the to the primary sports here, and I think we're going to see more of that. It's not because they're making money off of streaming. Right. It's because they have cash machines in the form of Amazon Prime subscriptions uh-huh. and this, uh-huh. and AWS, Amazon Web Services, and Apple. You know, prints money off of the iPhone and the, the charging a thirty percent haircut for every app that's subscribe to over the app store. Right. So they have these cash machines that allow them to subsidize the streaming business. Mm-hmm. Netflix is probably the only like streamer with a profitable business model that has proven to be sustainable over time. And they've accrued power over time in the sense that they built their own content and you saw power accrued in Netflix during the uh, writers and actors strike because so much of their content was made overseas. Right, they're they're sourcing product from all over the world. They're employing writers all over the world, writers that haven't gone on strike in the same way. So, you know, the Netflix deal with um, wrestling is is really interesting because <clears throat> think about Peacock a moment ago. Like they were able to capture a bunch of subscribers based on this one time event. Are they going to keep those subscribers? Right. Well, who knows? Right. Netflix made this move into live streaming. I mean, they've done it with some comedy specials, the Chris Rock special being the one that was a big success. Now with WWE, they've they've paired with a sport that is year-round. For sure. Right? WWE has has events, has matches, whatever. I don't even know what they're called. (laughs) Things happening, brawls happening all the time. Right? So if you're a Netflix subscriber thinking about, you know, leaving to go put your money onto Peacock or put it onto Disney Plus or one of these other networks, I mean, we're sort of all managing these portfolios of subscriptions. This is just another reason for you to keep that Netflix subscription going. 
right? For you to not like, that's the one I'm going to keep. And I'll sort of surf around these other ones as needed. But this is the one I'm going to keep. Well, the, the most interesting part, too, is that the formula in the 80s and 90s for the WWF, now the WWE, was you give people the lead up matches for free yeah. on Monday nights and on Thursday nights or whatever, a month at a time. And then you have this giant pay-per-view oh, you want to see what actually happens in the heavyweight championship match? You never actually got to see Andre the Giant and Hulk Hogan wrestle. You just got to see them point fingers at each other right, on Monday right. night, and then all of a sudden you got to buy WrestleMania. Now maybe that replaces it. Maybe you're getting people to pay the pay-per-view at a cheaper, quote-unquote, cheaper cost to watch all the Monday night stuff, but then they're getting the... I don't know if they're going to keep doing that or if this is just another way to build for these big pay-per-views. I'm not sure. Well, and it's great. That sort of model is much more predictable for the WWE, right? They get $500 million a year for 10 years, right? So that's predictable revenue that they can make business decisions based on, that they can invest in in a predictable way. That previous model of sort of holding you or sort of betting on the fact that people would tune in for these, you know, premier events and putting them behind a paywall, that's still a bit of a gamble. This is a much more secure form of revenue, even if it's probably more money in the aggregate anyway, but it's still more stable and businesses like stable revenue. The Business Angle with Justin Angle here on Nuwana's Now every couple weeks. It's presented by Blackfoot Communications. Visit goblackfoot.com to see how Blackfoot can help you and your small business. Thanks for being here, man. Appreciate it. My pleasure. Thank you for being here. Studio 49. Cool place. Appreciate it, Justin, for having me uh, down. By the way, I'm back. Here I am. Hi, everybody. Wilbur Watch continues. Uh, no baby on this end, but it's coming. <laughs> I guess that's always been the case since the first day, let alone the 41st week. But uh, here we are, my wife and I, uh, expecting a baby. Coulter Nuwana, good to see you. Thanks for Andrew, uh, to Andrew Houghton for introducing the, uh, the show here today. And uh, back to normal. Except for we got something new. The Class AA Spotlight, a new segment here on Nuana's Now. We highlight high school sports as often as we possibly can. One of our favorite things we do around here. But this is fun. The Class AA Boys and Girls Basketball Tournaments coming to Missoula for the first time since I was a young buck. Since first time since 2003 when I was a junior in high school. The Class AA Tournaments will be at the Adams Center March 7th through the 9th. So we are going to do our best not only to cover double-A hoops like we do uh, year in and year out, but also highlight this tournament and, and get you as much information as possible because I just think this is a, a golden opportunity for the city of Missoula. People know that Missoula's a great place. There's a lot of people around Montana, though, that maybe don't know as much about that or maybe don't think it's that great of a place. It is, though, and I think it's a great opportunity for us to show some hospitality. Also, it's just a great boon for the community to host these events. So we'll kick the segment off with a coach from the winning team of a Crosstown game on Friday night, Tyler Hobbs, former Grizz defensive tackle, but more importantly, the head coach of the Missoula Sentinel girls basketball team, will join us next. Class AA Spotlight coming at you. Don't change your channel. Keep it right here. It's Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Are you having a bad day? Did you get hurt and it wasn't your fault? Are you in trouble? No matter what has you down, you can take action and help yourself by letting Schulte Law Firm help you. Schulte Law Firm litigates injury, criminal, and civil matters, providing expert advocacy in any situation. Here with Dwight Schulte from Schulte Law Firm, when it comes to criminal defense, what's an example of why someone could or should call Schulte Law? Criminal defense happens on somebody's worst day, you know, and it doesn't mean that someone's a bad person. We all make mistakes. 
mistakes. We all make choices that maybe aren't the best choice, and that can lead to dramatic consequences in somebody's life. So we're really focusing on personal injury and criminal defense. We do a lot of different areas of the law, though. We have a strong background in real estate. Um, we handle family law for clients, ton of mediations. The ultimate reality is, is that people have bad days and that's when you need our help. That's when you need to call Schulte Law Firm because we know the players, we know the game. We can put people in the best position to achieve the outcome they want. If you've had a bad day, visit jschultilaw.com. One, two, three. Everyone is now on ESPN Radio. Determining like what's the best ever, it's impossible, right? First of all, we have no concept of ever our concept of ever as Americans is like since 1950. <laughs> There's been thousands of years worth of humanity other than that. So it's always funny. You know, I mean, that's why baseball nerds love baseball stuff because the best ever is more than a century. So it is le- it's at least more close to ever, uh, but it's not even close to. And obviously, we're not comparing baseball guys from. 2000 BC and stuff. I get it. It's since the sport was created or whatever. But that's all to say that if you were to say, Coulter, what's the greatest song ever? I'd probably give you about 1,794 options. But if you made me, you put my feet on the fire. I think that's the best song ever. I think that this must be the place by the Talking Heads. Just knee-jerk reaction. Do I think it's actually the best? I don't know. In terms of the one that most consistently makes me happy whenever I hear it, and it's been out for 40 years, pretty darn good. No one is now ESPN Radio. Hope you're having a great day. Thanks so much for hanging out with us here uh, on this Tuesday. I just heard the Sports Center about the Crosstown. I had a fun time at Crosstown on Friday. Stay tuned. I got a fun story for you. Actually, I don't even know if I told these guys the story yet. So uh, we'll, we'll tell the guys behind the glass the story as well. I uh, had to mess around with a couple of the, the high schoolers there at uh, Missoula Sentinel on Friday night. So stay tuned for that. But I went to the uh, the Missoula Sentinel, Missoula Hellgate doubleheader with our good buddy Pete Hamill, who joined us all fall long for our Vertical Rays Class AA Player of the Week awards. Vertical Rays is doing a, a ton around the world of high school sports. They obviously can raise you some money. It's a great online fundraising platform. But they're also doing these Player of the Weeks. We're going to do uh, some Player of the Years again here for um, basketball as well. And they also are hosting, this is something fun, this is on March 2nd, they're hosting the first annual Vertical Rays Football Coaches Clinic. So uh, it's March 2nd, 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. at Post Falls High School, so just right outside of Coeur Lane there. Jason Eck, the head coach of the University of Idaho, will be the keynote speaker, but there will also be uh, a whole bunch of other speakers from various collegiate programs from around the Pacific Northwest. It's not just a lecture format, though. There's going to be 18 different interactive breakout sessions where coaches can ask detailed questions and get personal advice. This is free to coaching staffs of programs that run Vertical Race fundraisers or free if you sign up for a fundraiser at the clinic. Otherwise, it's 50 bucks a person, capped at 400 bucks for any group larger than eight. So if you are a high school coach in and around or you know some high school coaches that might benefit from this, it's a cool thing. This is a, a place to mingle, network, but also get together and to have some exchange of ideas. Coaching clinics are where so many different exchanges of ideas happen, and it's certainly a great way to promote the game, especially when it comes to football. So March 2nd, uh, 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. Post Balls High School. They're right outside of Coeur Lane, And uh, happy to help promote it from our friends there uh, at Vertical Rays. 
Speaking of the Crosstown games, Missoula Sentinel, it was not a pretty game. It was a defensive slugfest, but they gutted it out. A big-time win for the Spartans, their first in Western AA play over the Hellgate Knights on Friday night. Time now for our latest edition of the Class AA Spotlight, where we're featuring various storylines from all around Class AA. If you haven't heard, this is really cool. Class AA State Tournament coming to Missoula. Both boys and girls basketball will be here March 7th through the 9th. This is the first time since 2003. For reference, I was a junior in high school last time the Class AA Tournament is in Missoula. So pretty cool. Obviously, we have six Class AA teams here in Missoula, three each on the boys and the girls side. And we're joined now by the head coach of one of those teams, the Missoula Sentinel girls basketball coach Tyler Hobbs. Ty, thanks for joining us, man. First of all, when you hear that the the tournament's here, it's, I mean, you've you've been coaching for a long time now in Montana. It's, the Double A tournament's never been in Missoula since you've been coaching. So, what do you think of that? Oh man, I think it's exciting. I mean, a number of years ago, we had the divisional tournament here, and it was uh, it was just an incredible show out by the uh, by the community and uh, and the, all the folks that uh, that put it, put it on and uh, hosted these teams here. Um, so I'm excited to see what the uh, what the state tournament brings and get you know get the east side of the state over here because uh, yeah a number of years ago that divisional tournament was a, was a lot of fun and it was electric and um, I just think it's a great place it's a great place to host a tournament I hope the uh, you know the community comes out and supports these kids on uh, on both sides because you know they you know they're working hard day in and day out just to get to the state tournament um, and then to be on that stage is uh, is pretty special for these kids. Well, certainly is, and uh, we're going to keep hyping this up as much as we can because uh, this is a huge deal. So we'll have double-A spotlights here a couple times a week here on Nuanas now, highlighting both the girls and the boys' class double-A ranks. Missoula Sentinel coming off of a nice cross-town victory on Friday night. It was my first chance to see uh, the Spartans on both sides and the Knights on both sides as well. As Sentinel takes down Hellgate 40-35 to and a great defensive effort across the board, a great stretch run, particularly Emily McElmurray, who we'll get to uh, in just a minute. But, Coach, I know that it was a kind of a tough start when it comes to Western double-A play for your squad, but you get a breakthrough one in Crosstown. So what were the keys, and uh, how much does that help you guys just confidence-wise getting a nice Crosstown win for your first conference victory? Yeah, it was good. It was good for us to, uh, you know, kind of break a little drought there and uh, get in the wind column, but, uh, you know, especially over over the neighbors, um, which is always fun in, uh, in those Crosstown games. Um but you know, we, we put a premium on, on defense. We really we really got focused in. I mean, this time of the year where you where you really start to decide, you know, what's our identity gonna be and uh, what do we need to do to, to pull out games and every team is different. You get a new crop of kids. We got we got a whole bunch of new uh, new faces that are playing, uh, some significant minutes for us. So, you know, we lose five seniors last year that, you know, all went and played college sports somewhere, uh, which is pretty incredible. Just to, you know, the caliber of athletes that we had last year. Um, and we, of course we got some great players this year, but um, yeah, that one, that one was big. That one was big. I think just for, our, from a confidence standpoint and uh, you know, to, to all come together and, and fight for one common goal. And, you know, really we got it done on the defensive side of things. And that was one of our big focuses uh, last week is uh, really putting a premium on our half-court defense. Well, that certainly uh, played out. Tyler Hobbs joining us here on the Class AA Spotlight, the head coach of the Missoula, Missoula Sentinel girls basketball team. His team a 40-35 uh, to 35 victory over Missoula Hellgate last Friday night. Hellgate only had one field goal in the first half. You guys did a great job eliminating everything they do offensively. So, I mean, how were you guys able to do it? What, what do you think you guys did well? How did you execute that uh, to perfection? I mean, they only scored 11 points in the first half, only two in the first quarter, so pretty darn good defense. I got in the huddle and I said, well, guys, uh, the good news is 
You guys are playing killer defense, which is what I asked you to do. Uh, the bad news is we got to find a way to get the ball in the hoop, too. But they did a great job on the defensive end. I mean, Chloe Larson's a good player, and, you know, she's kind of what makes them go. And that was our focus against that team was to uh, try and neutralize uh, Chloe. And, and we did – I thought we did a heck of a job. She still ended up with 16 or 15, uh, but most of that was from the free throw line. She only got uh, – we held her two field goals, one three and one two, throughout the whole game, which is pretty incredible because she's a she's a very very good player. She's a smart player. She really makes them go. So uh, to be able to kind of neutralize her, uh, wish we wouldn't have fouled her so much. But um, gosh, we did a we did a heck of a job as a as a team, uh, just understanding what the game plan was and being able to go execute that. I think that's huge for high school kids. You know we. Uh, we put a game plan together every week. I always feel like we're prepared. Um, but then the execution is the next step of that and, and being able to do that, you know, in a, in a kind of a high-pressure, high-stress situation, bigger bigger stage, more fans, crosstown, bragging rights, you know, all that, all that stuff that comes with it to then be able to execute that game plan uh, on the defensive side of things was, man, I was so proud of them. I was so proud of their efforts and uh, – Gosh, for four quarters to to do that, you know, we got a little sloppy in the second half, but gosh, that for those first two quarters defensively were 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 lights out. It's the best I've seen uh, this group of kids play defensively, and I hope they. Uh, and then down the stretch, you put the ball in the hands of Emily McElmurray, and she played uh, great. She had a couple clutch buckets, some and ones, got to the free throw line, and you could just tell as she dribbled out the clock at the very end, it meant a little something to her. I mean, she had a great big smile on her face and gave a little fist pump at the end. So um, I, I know you've, you've loved her development so far, but now as a senior, it seems like she's really embracing it. Do you think that could be uh, a turning point that kind of launches her after having such a great outing, 16 points against the Knights? Yeah, totally. And and the cool thing about Emily is she's she's a tough player. You know, she uh she's she had a bad ankle. She missed our, our game against uh Hell on High last week and uh, or the week before and um I mean she's probably running on a seventy percent, sixty percent ankle. And to be able to come out there and fight through that uh just is a testament to you know how tough of a player she is and then, you know, of course some uh some really big plays down the stretch to to seal uh, the game for us from the free throw line, particularly that's a that's big to be able to just uh, lock it up from the line there. Um, and it was, it was good. It was good on her. It was good by her, and uh, she's going to be in those situations. And it was great to see her come through for uh, for our team. Well, I also wanted to ask you about Caitlin Hammett because I thought she did a great job, man, in the point guard. And uh, I mean, just she's composed and made a lot of good decisions. So, uh, how have you seen her grow? What do you think of her? Just kind of man in the point for you there. Yeah, Caitlin's a Caitlin's a great point guard. It's hard to find, you know, these pass first point guards now. With, uh, you know, everyone wants to put the ball on the floor and, and you know, bounce it around and, you know, get shots up and whatnot. And, but to have a you know, have a floor general like Caitlin, who's you know who's willing to initiate the offense, uh, is willing to make the the entry pass or the extra pass uh, for her teammates, which is what great point guards do, and that's what they gotta. They got to have that mindset. Um, she's done a really good job. She, her and I are always on the same page. She always makes great eye contact and communicates, you know, whatever whatever the call is on the floor. And uh, gosh, it's a blessing to have a kid like that who's, you know, nothing that we did, you know, just uh, naturally or through her development and progression growing up, uh, the kind of player that she was when when I got here. So uh, she's doing she's doing a great job being the floor general for us. 
Glastonbury Spotlight, Tyler Hobbs joining us, the Missoula Sentinel girls basketball coach, his team now 4-5. and five. They got their first Western AA win over Missoula Hellgate on Friday night. Uh, no rest for the weary, though. A couple games coming up Thursday at Kalispell Flathead and then back home on Saturday against Kalispell Glacier. So uh, just give us the brief scout of the weekend. How do you hope to carry the momentum from last week? You know, I think uh, Western AA is competitive. Gosh, anyone can be anyone on any given night. And so, uh, yeah, we got to be prepared. Flathead's got a good player in Canada Moore, and uh, she's tough. They got a new coach and some new faces uh, on that squad. And then, uh, you know, Glacier's Glacier's always a tough team. They are they are fiery. They they play a fast paced up and down transition game. They like to get after you and pressure you defensively. And you know they're they're a little hectic and they kind of junk the game up just with their uh, speed and athleticism. So, gosh, I mean, it's going to be an exciting year from conference play because. Uh, uh, kind of like last year, anybody can be anybody on any given night. Well, it should be fun, and we'll be tracking all the action here on the Class AA Spotlight on Nuanas now. Ty Hobbs, the head coach of Missoula Sentinel, joining us this week on the Class AA Spotlight. Coach, thanks for being here, man. Best of luck this weekend, and uh, thanks for doing it. Yeah, thanks, Coulter. Appreciate you having me on. Go Spartans. Class AA Spotlight, presented in part by Florence Coffee Company. Florence Coffee Company's got couple new locations on South as well as on uh, Reserve, and both of them are open late. They're open until 8 p.m. now. So if you want to stay up late, you can do it. We always tell you on Fridays, but now you can do it any night of the week. Uh, I love this because Missoula, there's all sorts of people that are working, you know, the non-traditional jobs, right? You're in the service industry, you're an entrepreneur, or you just like to work after hours, or you're like us, you're sports guys. I can't tell. I mean, last night I was going to the Grizz game. I would have loved to get a little coffee action. Well, now you can. That's awesome. Uh, Florence Coffee, proud to present the Class AA Spotlight. We'll also be giving you Florence Coffee each and every day for the foreseeable future here on Nuanas Now. You want Floco? We got gift cards for you. Text us, 406-888-1029. That's 888-1029. Text, and all entries will be entered into when Free Florence Coffee Company. Keep on talking high school, but also a little Frontier Conference as well. The best of Montana, Treasure State Stars. Next, keep it right here, ESPN Radio. Told this story before, but uh, I'll tell it again because it's a it's a funny one and it's a fun one. When Steely Dan came here, it was uh, I guess it was the second summer that I had been back in Missoula. I moved back to Missoula in August of 2017, and then August of 2018, I believe, is when Steely Dan and the Doobie Brothers were here uh, down at the the Paddlehead Stadium. I didn't know much about Steely Dan. I went into the concert because I'd heard their great life. And, you know, as the Robert Chase famous line, any band that's been together 25-plus years, go see them. Does not matter if you like that genre of music, go see them because they're going to be sweet. Well, that was true, and then some was Steely Dan. They were so sweet. I couldn't believe it. It was one of those experiences where my opinion was just sort of neutral going in. And coming out, I was like, this, this band is amazing. I love them. So maybe they'll come back someday. No one is now ESPN Radio. SWX Montana Television and the ESPN MTF. I'm going to I'm gonna say this again because I'm going to remind myself. I got a funny story from the Sentinel game, Sentinel Hellgate game on Friday night, but we don't have time to fit it in right now. We'll do it at hour number two. Uh, but right now, it's time for our Treasure State Stars. It's probably presented by Parkside Credit Union. 
Parkside Credit Union is a great place to get a loan because they love to say yes. Treasure State Star number one. I don't know why the timing of this is always like this. I don't know why the, the Gatorade Cross Country Runner of the Year doesn't come out until January, but it doesn't, and it just came out. So the uh, girls' one just came out at least. The uh, girls' Gatorade Cross Country Runner of the Year, second year in a row, Claire Rutherford from Bozeman Gallatin. The most impressive part about this, well, there's a lot of impressive parts about this, but this young lady's only a junior, so she's back-to-back Gatorade Cross Country Runner of the Year and uh, still has another year left. So uh, Claire Rutherford won her second straight Class AA individual cross-country title uh, this past fall. She ran a time of 18 minutes, 6.58 seconds. Beat the second-place person by 7.5 seconds. So uh, fully dominant. Then she went on to be Montana's top finisher at the Nike Cross-Country Northwest Regional Championships and the Foot Locker West Regional Championships. So um, she's certainly... um, making a name for herself, and uh, she's got a, a bright future ahead of her. Casey Germain, who's the head coach of rival Bozeman High School, in the Gatorade press release, he said, Claire had another tremendous season. She did battle a few injuries early on, was able to put together a phenomenal campaign. She seemed to really run well when it mattered the most. And here's maybe the most impressive part of the, about this young lady. 4.13 GPA, that's right. Yeah, 4.0 is perfect. She's a, above perfect because she's taking some weighted classes there at Bozeman Gallatin. So pretty darn impressive. Uh, congratulations, Claire Rutherford. Trevor State star number two, Joelnell Moldberg. She was a former Lady Grizz. Now she's at Montana Western. She she kind of got caught up here in Missoula during the coaching change when Shannon Schwain was let go, and then they did the interim with Mike Petrino and then uh, eventually hired Brian Holsinger. Momberg is from Box Elder. She uh, she kind of got caught in the wash, but she landed in a great place. Montana Western's a great program. They've had national success. They, they won a national championship not too many years ago. Well, she had a great weekend, Momberg did. She tied a Montana Western record by hitting seven three-pointers in one game. She had 24 points in Western's most recent win. So uh, just an update on a, a recent Lady Grizz. Thursday star number three, how about Andrew Cook? He's the Frontier Conference Player of the Week this week. He's a junior guard at Carroll College. He's been playing great all year. He's averaging almost 20 points per game, shooting 54% from the floor and 45% from three, also chipping in five rebounds per game. Over the last five, though, he's been even better, 22.7 points per game. Actually, that's over the last seven, and the Saints have won six of those seven. And then this last week, it took it up another notch, 24 points per game and shot 60% from the floor to earn uh, Frontier Conference Player of the Week awards. I was looking at this young man's bio. He's a 6'4 shooting guard from uh, Huntington Beach, California. He prepped at Servite High School. So for those that are familiar with the Trinity League, Trinity League is powerhouse in both football and basketball. So this is a heck of a get. He's a junior there at Carroll. But to get a kid out of the Trinity League, that's big time. I mean, he was first team all league in the Trinity League. So... Uh, actually sort of perplexing how he slipped through the cracks. But, I mean, the Frontier Conference is a great conference. Carroll, Tech, uh, Rocky, Western, they all are uh, really competitive and, and all always uh, in and around the top 25. So uh, nothing nothing to demean the, the uh, Frontier Conference level. It's just interesting that they got a kid from Southern California to go there to Carroll. But, man, he's tearing it up. He's, he's a great player. Speaking of the Saints, Treasure State star number four and also a former Lady Grizz, Jamie Pickens. She was a multiple-time Gatorade Player of the Year at Helena High. She was a top 100 recruit in the country coming out of high school. I thought her future with the Lady Grizz was tremendous, but she also 
sort of got caught in the, the coaching change. She ended up going back to her hometown. But Carroll College women are awesome, and they're number six in the country right now at the NAIA level, and so much of that is because of Jamie Pickens. She had 20 points and 18 rebounds uh, against MSU Northern last week, and uh, that was her career high in rebounds. She's also now got five straight double-doubles, and she helped lead the Saints to their sixth straight victory since conference play began. How about these numbers? 17.4 points, 14.2 rebounds, and 1.8 blocks per game. So Jamie Pickens looks like she's well on her way to another all-conference season and to perhaps the front-runner for Frontier Conference uh, Player of the Year honors. We'll get to. I wanted to highlight Jackson Knapp and Robert Ford, but we're a little bit up against it. We're going to talk some men's hoops. Jackson Knapp's a sophomore at Montana. Robert Ford, a senior at Montana State. We're talking men's hoops in hour number two, so we'll save that. But those guys also deserve a tip of the cap here on Treasure State Stars. Uh, number seven, though, Reynolds Johnston. Missoula Loyola's boys might be the best basketball team in the state of Montana at the prep level, period. There's some really good ones. Bozeman High is awesome. Hamilton is undefeated. Loyola might be the best. They raced past Florence Carlton on Saturday, 85-63. Reynolds Johnson, the highest point total in the state for the weekend, 32 points to lead the Rams past their rivals. Trisha star number eight, Shane Murray. He was the only other 30-point scorer over the weekend. He had 31 for Knox, and as they defeated Hot Springs 58-53. Trisha star number nine, Braden Gunlock. She's one of the top prospects in the state of Montana. Is only a junior there at Big Fork High School. The uh, the Valkyries are up to, to Class A, and they are still undefeated and unbeaten and number one in the classification. They were the Class B state champs last year, and they're rolling through the Class A ranks now. Gunlock, 23 points in their 64-36 win over Ronan. Jersey star number 10, you heard it in the Sports Center, Zane Gilhouse. He's only a sophomore at Missoula Hellgate, but he had a great game in the Crosstown, 15 points uh, for the Knights as they had a lopsided victory at Sentinel. But the Spartans got a little Crosstown action victory in the girls' game. Emily McElmurray who's a returning standout there for the Spartans. She had 16 points down the stretch to lead Sentinel to a 40-35 to victory. And then our final Treasure State star of the week, Cannon Magnus. He had 26 points for Hamilton. They had their 10th straight victory there, the Bronx did, over rival Frenchtown, 62-57. Excuse me, 12 straight now for the Hamilton boys, and they're 4-0 in Southwestern A play. So Cannon Magnus, the high scorer, and the leader, at least this weekend, for a deep and talented Hamilton team. Church Day Stars probably presented by Parkside Credit Union. Parkside Credit Union, the best place in western Montana to get a loan because Parkside Credit Union loves to say yes. We got free sandwiches from Taglieri Deli on the other side. Some football talk, some basketball talk, and our greatest star of the week. All coming at you. Keep it right here. It's Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia. When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org.